When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, 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 yo. Tony and Chico. Yeah, yeah, the crypto hunters. They're coming after you, Helen Hunt. They're coming after you, Helen Hunt, motherfucker. Um, a little freestyle there. Uh, Tony Cantwell here, doing a bit of an intro here for... Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> this is staying in. Uh, doing an intro because we were live. Myself and... Uh, my co-host, uh, as always, if he was a shark, he would be called Shark Jago, um, but he's a Mark, so he's Mark Jago. We did a live episode of Sexy Beasts uh, uh, in the Science Gallery in Dublin, and I want to say a huge thank you to Science Gallery, particularly Orla Ross, uh, for taking a gamble on two hot fucking crypto hunters. Uh, you know, uh, I know there was there was concerns at the time that there wasn't going to be enough lifeboat boats. Uh, for how wet it was going to get. There was genuine concerns, emails going back and forth saying we don't have enough lifeboats in case they fucking soak the place with how... Oh! <laughs> I know. Uh, but uh, thank you again uh, to Orla Ross and uh, Science Gallery for having us uh, as part of their Life on the Edges show. Uh, we were talking all about uh, aliens and we were talking about the possibility of colonization of Titan uh, and it was amazing. We had some phenomenal guests. We had uh, Dr. Sophie Murray, who is an astro meteorologist, uh, who was very patient with how stupid we are. Uh, and I think at one point, I feel like she was insulted by how dumb I am when I started talking about reptilians, but she didn't show it. She was very nice. Uh, and uh, she was absolutely great crack and well up for it we also had well up for well up for the chat like you know you know uh, and we had uh, dr kevin webster who is a nasa uh, nasa astrobiologist and he was talking about things that could live in mad space because when we talk about aliens it's all about hey is it a cool thing drawn by hr geiger that could is it like a vagina on legs with 10 mouths you know that's what we hope uh, aliens are um, but the reality is they're probably just single cell organisms uh, and they feed off methane. But it was still very, very interesting. Um, so, yeah, that's this episode. Uh, have a listen. Uh, we'll probably put up some uh, snaps on the Instagram because there's a couple of little visual gags um, that you probably would want to see Uh uh, to get to get the gag but for the most part uh, i think it was quite an informative episode to let you know as well on october the 14th we are going to be doing another live episode as part of the dublin podcast festival we're going to be in the grand social with a very funny podcast phoning it in dave coffee's phoning it in uh who I've, I've been a guest on and it's very funny so if you missed out on this show look don't worry about it you can go see us at the, at, at the on the 14th of october and it's probably going to be a lot less scientific and a lot more shy talk just the way they like it man so so, uh, without further ado, here is our live episode, and thanks again to the Science Gallery. Enjoy. I don't know if I can Space. Bigger than the sea, and smaller than the universe. 
space is a lot like a big fridge, you know. We, we, we just don't know what's in it. Especially my fridge, you know. It, it's, it's got three doors on it, and I still don't know what the third one does. Keep things uh, lukewarm. As little as we know about space, these two men know even less. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sexy Beasts Live. So welcome to Sexy Beasts, your foray into the galaxy of the unexplained. Coming at you live from the Science Gallery Dublin as part of their Life on the Edges show. Yeah! Science! <laughs> uh, allow me to introduce myself. Uh, I am Tony Cantwell. I'm the winner of uh, BBC Focus Magazine's Dampiest Wetser of the Year. <laughs> and my uh, co-host, as always, uh, if he was a Russian cosmonaut and also a penis, uh, you might call him Urethra Gagarin. Yeah! <laughs> so... But that's uh, 32 seconds in, I've already been called a dick, so that's yep. fair enough, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But I like to call him Mark Jago. Mark, how are you? I'm good, good, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Look how beautiful people here. It's amazing, yeah. What can I say, Mark? That outfit is out of this world. Oh, boo, Yeah. Um, I'm the only star here. Yeah! <laughs> um, well, you know, we, we've been doing so many of these, you know, I just thought we could use a bit of space. Uh, and... Upstairs space. Show me your black hole. No. So, <laughs> so look, great start. So great anyway. Start. Uh, so look, why are we here? So first and foremost, who here uh, listens to our podcast? Oh, great. most of you. That's brilliant. That's great. That's good. <laughs> so you probably know that what we normally do is we look here on planet Earth and we rate, review, and then rank various uh, cryptids, creatures, monsters, and all that stuff. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Different levels is fine. I didn't get to sit down. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, the big light that just goes up. Yeah, sit, sit down, Mark. Um, but what we're going to do instead is we're going to take our little cryptoscope and we're going to point it up at the stars. And we're going to look for life on other planets Different types of life, intelligent life, very basic <coughs> life. Um, and to do that, we're going to have a couple of guests. So as yeah. uh, Orla mentioned, we're going to have Dr. Kevin Webster. Nice guy. Uh, Tucson, Arizona. If anyone's been there? Tully has. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so he's going to be coming <laughs> later on. Uh, and he's, gonna, he's a uh, NASA uh, astrobiologist. So he's going to be coming up later. Um, and then we're going to have, or first we're going to have um, Dr. Sof Sophie Murray. But you know what? Before we get into that and before we have all their science woo-woo, before we give them the platform to do that, we're going to do what we do best and make very grand claims based on very little evidence. And claim their fact, as always. 
and have it all based on 90s GeoCity websites. Yeah. Barely, um, barely reading Wikipedia and then going with it. So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> uh, and you know what? So confident are we uh, that we are going to prove to you here that aliens exist and they have been coming in contact with us for thousands of years that I would like to early invite Dr. Sophie Ooh. Murray, our Trinity College's own space weather scientist, Yay. to the stage. Thank you very much. I'll take the fancy chair. Thank you, thank you. So, Sophie, please have a seat. Uh, you are going to be our resident, right. resident skeptic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you're going to be our resident skeptic throughout this as we shout yes. on. Uh, <laughs> but also, would like to know just a bit about you. Tell us. So, you're a space weather scientist. I'm a space weather scientist. Who knows what space weather is? Probably not that many. Just, yeah. It's a bit of a new term. So the sun has a big influence on our entire solar system. It gives us heat, you know, the light that we need to survive. But it also impacts our, our planets in many different ways. It has particles constantly streaming out from the sun, uh, interacting with the Earth's atmosphere and the Earth's magnetic field. Do you guys know the aurora, the northern lights? That's an example of space weather. So it's how the sun is changing space near us, and that's why we call it space weather. It's kind of like weather on Earth, but it's up in space. Um, <laughs> so we... <laughs> exactly. I, I think they, they, it's actually a horrible term because there's no atmosphere in space, so mm -hmm. it's not really weather, but we're stuck with it. Some guy in the 60s made it up in a paper, and that's it. We have the cold space weather. <laughs> so yeah, we forecast that. And so we forecast the weather in space. That's my job. You gave a very good example <laughs> of the kind of different measures of what um, space weather can be. Can you explain a bit about that? You, you yeah, so I, I compare it to weather. That's mm -hmm. what you're talking about, right? So your day-to-day, -day, like sunny, rainy, cloudy day is like the aurora, right? So you have beautiful northern lights. This, they're really cool, but they don't really do anything too major extreme to us. But then you can get the stormy weather from the sun, the really active sun. And those storms can impact us pretty strongly. So it's like the equivalent of a, the snowstorm we had at the beginning beginning of the year, you might get it every decade or so, you'll get a big solar storm and it'll like knock out um, some power grids and some GPS and some radio communications and then you get the big one, right? So Ooh. I was talking about <laughs> the hurricanes. So you know Hurricane Ophelia, yeah. we say is a 1% chance of happening every year, it's really, really rare. You don't get hurricanes over in Ireland. So that is a massive solar storm equivalent something that was really, really rare and last happened in the 1800s. And that's the big one that would knock out all our communications and you know, all that stuff that we were, were kind of reliant on today. So it was the 1800s is the last time it happened. Yeah. There's a one percent, so every year it's a one in a hundred <laughs> chance of it happening. Yeah. And it was over 150 years ago. Yeah. So we're due one now. Well, it's a one percent chance every year. <laughs> hey, whoa, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> all right, let me give you that. Statistics, statistics. So it's a new probability every year. But at, at some point, it'll happen again. And yeah. that's where we forecast it, because we want to be prepared. Because we're like super reliant on our smartphones and our TVs and our radios and you know um, our navigation and stuff. Mm -hmm. And if all that went down, um, we were saying um, it's kind of like an emotional apocalypse, right? We're not going to die because there's a solar storm, but we're not going to have social Tinder, media. Tinder, mm -hmm. Bumble. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> you know. The rest, the rest. Power, <laughs> yeah, you know. Power is more yeah. General power. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that as well. Okay. So back everything up on bamboo is what <laughs> Sophie's saying. Uh, so clearly Sophie uh, didn't mention penis once in no, her talk, so it's proven to be a much smarter person than myself and Jago. 
Uh, so, are, so are you happy to be the resident skeptic and yep. pick, let's, let's if give you this can, a go. holes yeah. in our arguments for, okay. for aliens? It's a hard job. Someone <laughs> has to do it. Uh, so we're going to kick this off. This is probably the best. This, is, this gives us the biggest amount of clout for aliens, right? This guy, right? This guy is Paul Hellyer, and he is the ex-Canadian Minister of Defence. Um, and this... Do you want to explain? Well, yeah, so he's, uh, he's a big wig in, in Canada. He was the first person to uh, put the Navy... Uh, the Air Force and the Army together to make the, can you, uh, the Canadian Defence Force. And uh, now he went uh, live uh, in the interview and basically said, there's like 17 type of aliens that we've talked to before. So, <laughs> live on TV. So we're going to play a clip here. So sorry, it's a bit of a trump also, card to play very early <laughs> on. <laughs> but also, he's Canadian. So he's Canadian. Technically can't lie. Judge. God damn it. <laughs> so, this is Paul Hellyer. And uh, I said... Oh, UFOs are as real as the airplanes flying overhead. This <laughs> <laughs> distinction of being the first person of cabinet rank in the G8 group of company, countries uh, to say so unequivocally. <laughs> in 1960, sometime, there was a flotilla of UFOs headed south that crossed into NATO territory in Europe. Uh, fortunately, the flotilla turned around and headed back north. The investigation was launched into this whole subject. The document was prepared, which uh, concluded that at least four species had been visiting Earth for thousands of years. We're referring to them as they until this morning when we won't know how, I think she was the first one actually named three different species. And that is that we spent quite a bit of time talking about the 66-year-old cadavers. Roswell. And I was glad to have Linda this morning finally say that there are live ETs on Earth at this present time. And uh, at least two of them probably working with the United States government. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the other species that I learned about uh, not too long ago, was called the Tall Whites. No. Now, that comes up later. What is your first impression obviously in this uh, aged man Well, talking. I am a scientist. We don't just trust what a random guy says. So, you Ooh, know, you're not you don't really <laughs> want some <laughs> facts. How about two random guys? And he's guys. a Canadian. What is he, surely the Americans won't tell the Canadian what's going on. Well, you know, well That's you know, it's the US military, right? It's pretty secretive. You might have picked a, <laughs> perhaps the biggest hole in the <laughs> So before we do that, let's talk. Let's talk. Um, Mark Jacob, would you like to maybe talk about yeah. the most some of the most popular uh, aliens? Uh, okay, so the Greys. Um, who's heard of the Greys before? You. You. you? Yeah, correct. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony, can you hit that? I will. Loved it, baby. Uh, <laughs> So basically, I'll give you a quick, uh, quick description of them. They, so they have large heads, obviously elongated limbs, no external organs, so no ears, no nose, and no genitalia, as you can see by his lump. Um, <laughs> obviously grey. Uh, they come in two flavours. They come in a short version and a tall version. This is the tall version. The tall version are usually depicted as malicious. Now, their hobbies include... Okay, yeah. Abduction. <laughs> Cattle bothering. <laughs> And next one, anal probing. 
Uh, now, this is actually from a 1982 classic film, We Come in Peace. Uh, so... <laughs> hey! That's a good one, I like that. Yeah, but... Uh, the next one. So this is a, a petroglyph. It's from an Armenian Stonehenge. It's older than the Pyramids of Giza, and we know the pyramids were built by... Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, if anyone said Egyptians, walk out. <laughs> so anyway, there's a lot, in a lot of cultures you find uh, similar uh, petroglyphs or hieroglyphs even, or carvings, something like this. Um, but the most famous would be in 1947. What happened in 1947? Yeah. Yes. Roswell, New Mexico. That was a great accent, by the way. Um, <laughs> can I say that? Yeah, of course yeah, you can. Cool, can. Uh, so farmers saw three lights crash into the ground close to a ranch, okay? And now the government cordoned it off and they said, oh, it's a weather balloon. It wasn't a weather balloon, it was aliens. Uh, <laughs> it's not. Men and... <laughs> I, I, I see you don't like this so far, that's good. No, you're, uh, gonna, you're gonna notice there's no, very few sources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically, uh, so the men in black, Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, he, they came over and they took the, uh, the bodies away. Um, yeah. So this is from... Uh, it, this is a hoax, we'll tell you this right now. Well, that's that movie, right? Yeah, it's based yeah. with Anton Dunn. Uh, yeah. yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's based on a movie. Now, we clearly know yeah. it's fake because they have a, a nose and ears, so that's the reason it's fake. But it, this is based on testimony that, of a guy who was in the room at the time of this autopsy. So a guy just uh, remade it, made a remake. Yeah, the prequel. Yeah. yeah. The prequel to it. So that was good, like old, the, the, pre the remake of Old Boy. Yeah, the Old Boy, exactly. That's good. So, the government still claim... <laughs> the old boy reference, very yeah. niche. Um, gamble. The government still claim that it was a weather balloon, but in 1990, they changed their story, a likely story, that it was, had a Geiger counter on it, and they were measuring radioactivity uh, around this little area. But us smart people in this room, we, we know the truth. <laughs> Aliens exist! Hey! There we <laughs> are. <laughs> uh, any comments? <laughs> uh, that's fair enough. So the greys, right? I think yeah. it's... So you, you show, please you please don't embarrass some, me in front of uh, all these people. No, that's necessary. It's over here. The, you, you show the stone carvings, right? Yeah. Um, so I think the really interesting thing about the greys is that it tells us a lot about human psyche. Um, the, the way they're depicted with their big heads is like we've got big brains as intelligence. So mm -hmm. it's just kind of a reflection of what we think about people over the for the, the years, you know. Yeah. That's what I think about the greys. I think it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was a weather balloon. We're, it might not have been a weather balloon. So it might not have been no, a weather balloon. No, wait to see But, you, it, you know, I'm sure there was some sort of dodgy military stuff going on, but yes. they're not going to tell you about it, is there? That's what I want. You know? Super, there's always super dodgy military so stuff. So Tony is now going to talk about <laughs> the tall white, which obviously sounds like the Nordics. a crap coffee The Nordics. <laughs> <laughs> Now, listen, when I talk about Nordics, am I talking about big, buff, tall Scandinavian people? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes I am. Um, I saying that all Scandinavian people are uh, aliens, sexy aliens? Yes. <laughs> so let me tell you a bit about the, the tall whites. This is how to spot a tall white if he's walking down the street. Okay? The famous, obviously, Nordic here, uh, Ashtar Sharan. Um, we all know Ashtar. Uh, so if you're, so uh, you'll spot a Nordic because they're between six and seven foot tall. Uh, they have blue eyes, blonde hair. It's argued whether they're Venusian, 
or from Venus, uh, or Pleiadian, the Pleiades. Do you know where Pleiades. that is in space? Pleiades. Cluster, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where's where's that? Far, far away. <laughs> now it's debated whether these are because there are some people. The Nordics tend to be responsible for the most amount of. Um, I don't want to say UFO cults, religions. Um, so a lot of people seem to be able to kind of like harness the, 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 the Nordics. And some people have said that the Nordics have uh, described themselves as human beings, but two million years in the future evolved. Which I don't like to believe because it doesn't look good for anyone who's not Aryan. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say they're from Venus. Um, they wear skin-tight clothes. They promote this idea of peace and love. They're kind of like this advanced idea where possession doesn't really exist. And they can also travel through the third and ninth dimensions. Brilliant. Oh, very specific. Uh, yeah. Ninth, ninth dimension. <laughs> yeah. Only the third and ninth. Do you, do you, do you know you? much about dimensions? Well, it's a, it's a very theoretical concept, you know. Oh. Who knows? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> you could fill in between three yeah. and nine, that's fine. Um, there's N dimensions. So the Nordics, to talk about the Nordics, you probably talk, I want to talk about the kind of first contact of the first Nordic tall white who came in contact, right? Uh, in the 1960s, there was a book written called Stranger at the Pentagon, and it was written by a guy called Dr. Frank Stranges. A real-life Dr. Strange. Um, and he wrote this book basically talking about this guy, Valiant Thor. Now, Valiant Thor, apparently, crashed land, well, landed quite comfortably, he meant to land, in this big Mexican hat size, not size, size, <laughs> size <laughs> in a teensy sombrero, <laughs> and out came, uh, no, he landed in this big Mexican hat in Alexandria, in Virginia, 14 miles uh, south of uh, the Pentagon. Uh, he opened this big thing, two on-duty uh, policemen held guns, the Guardi Shiacana were there as well. <laughs> somehow got a gun, I don't know how, uh, and held it on him, and he spoke to them telepathically, saying, look, I come in peace, take me to the Pentagon. So they did, and they brought him <laughs> to meet the uh, Secretary of Defense, and then he schmoozed him really quickly, and then was brought to an underground bunker to meet Eisenhower and President, or Vice President Nixon, and he kind of came, he, he presented his idea for humanity. His, he had this kind of divine design for humanity where there'd be no war, there'd be no possessions, it would just be, hey, free love, swinging, baby. Uh, you know, coming up to the 60s and all that. Uh, so we worked at the Pentagon between 1957 and 1960, allegedly, uh, but re refused to advise towards any of the kind of war effort. And actually in the book, Stranger of the Pentagon, they talk about this project that was called the Explosion in the Sky Project that later was the Star Wars project that we know, and he refused to help. What apparently he did give us is fiber optics. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> that was very helpful. So, <laughs> sick of promoting the idea of free love and all that to deaf ears, um, he, he left. He left the Pentagon and he met Dr. Frank Stranges. Now, Dr. Frank Stranges describes meeting uh, Valiant Thor. He said he met him. He was very charismatic, had very soft hands, no fingerprints, uh, no navel, as if he was kind of created. Um, divinely, and apparently he had a great relationship with Dr. Frank Stranges up until uh, Frank's death in 2008, but he said that as of 2008 he was still unaged in his spaceship Victor 1 at the waterline of Lake Mead, surrounded by a force field. Oh, yeah. so, so, tear this one apart. <laughs> this guy seems a lot nicer than the last one, so oh, you know, he's a lot we were rooting for the one guys. thing I would say is right. Oh, they're no. not from Venus because Venus is ridiculously hot. So you know, this so not are they happen. though. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and also what I'm wondering is, why are they so interested in their, in their politics? Like, Jesus, if you're an alien and you could travel all around wherever you wanted to go mm. and uh, have four seals and stuff, why are you hanging out at the Pentagon? Eisenhower, Nixon, Party Boys. Uh, well, the theory is that 1947 was Roswell. Roswell, yeah. Um, and that oh, was so just they're all after, just hanging out. But that was just so... Well, two, <laughs> yeah, they're just hanging out. But just two, two years after the, the uh, atomic bomb. So effects like that, like similar to Superman 2, you know... <laughs> of course. Uh, no, the reference there. Sourcing <laughs> Superman 2 as my... Uh, we'll move on. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> the... The Nordics would essentially be the alien yin to these bad boy yang. <laughs> That's a, a very like sexy picture you've chosen. <laughs> <laughs> and why, why do you find that sexy, Mark Jagger? Oh, you got me now. Nabbed. <laughs> Nabbed. Uh, so the reptilians. Okay. Now look, when I'm talking about reptilians, am I talking about that weirdo David Icke conspiracy that like the queen is a lizard and everyone? Uh, yes, I am. Hundred <laughs> percent. Now, Sophie, I do apologise here, right in advance, mm -hmm. because I am really into this. Yeah. So we could be scarce for a joke for three minutes. Okay. Where I'll just, I really I'll just get into sit this. here and just, you know. Yeah, even yeah. I'm like, no. We'll <laughs> so here's some key stats on the reptilians, okay? They're, they're interdimensional. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a good start. Anyway. They're interdimensional shapeshifters. They exist in different frequencies. So they can almost align themselves to a different frequency for appear to show themselves as their human form or the reptilian form. Now the conspiracy theory goes that these reptilians are not only visitors on our planet but also co-creators. In that they, they when they first came in contact with humans, they basically built this false reality that we see. This is what David Icke believes, and now this is what David Icke believes. <laughs> um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> And they bred with uh, humans and started these powerful bloodlines. And these apparently are the same bloodlines that can be traced all the way up to the Rothschild family, Rockefellers, Windsor, uh, these big nobility important bloodlines. Um, VIPs. VIPs. Bush right. is apparently one as well. Obama got lumped in there. Um, but they are our current overlords and they feed off negative emotions. Brilliant. So we've got to be careful what we say. Uh, yeah, so be careful, okay. but also... Yeah. <laughs> so someone in this room could be a reptilian. The person with the phone. Someone, definitely someone with the phone. Alert. They're onto us. Um, <laughs> so they do feed off negative emotions, so don't cry about it. You're only feeding them. Oh, what a good tagline. <laughs> Give them a bigger... So this is where I get really into this, okay? Oh, right. Because there's... Okay. It's not enough. It's getting real. So the thing that I find, the thing that I find really interesting about this, right... <laughs> is the fact that you can see kind of similarities or coincidences all the way through ancient times, right? So in Sumeria, they spoke about these, these beings called the Anunnaki, right? Which were these kind of higher beings. They came from this kind of uh, fire and light and they helped build the world and they were these gods among men. They also, hey, they look a bit weird. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> They also have in Central America serpent gods. So here you have a drawing of them sacrificing humans to one of their serpent gods. They also, in all of their uh, you know, art and decorations, things like big serpents and stuff like that. So they all, similarly, these serpent gods coming from big fire and brightness and coming from a different area to, 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 to be worshipped. Similarly, the jinn 
also known as genies in Islam, famously without a tail, famously being able to create illusions uh, into a base kind of reality. And they're all these kind of like, and then also, look, Christianity not, not, you know, has, has its as well. You have Eve being tempted by the apple, eating the apple, and then seeing a completely new negative reality where her, you know, the first thing she does when she eats the apple is runs to get loads of leaves to cover her shame. Negative emotions start there. <laughs> you got the devil here with the face on his arse. <laughs> um, that is a word. Highlighting, you know, watch your... I didn't even see that. Jeez. Yeah, it's a little face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the seraphim, you know, Christianity, these kind of like big, fiery, high choirs of angels. There's, there's, a lot of sim- there's a lot of similarities, right? So it's a bit loose. It's a bit loose. Just a but bit. Just a bit. A bit. <laughs> some similarities. But this is what I find really interesting, right? There's this book, right? <clears throat> well, in 1945 they found these sealed jar full of scrolls that, stem, that come from the year 300 uh, AD. And they're from the Gnostics. The Gnostics were the last keepers of the library in Alexandria, or so I'm told. Um, and basically, they found this, these scriptures that kind of... So keep in mind, so they, the, the library of Alexandria, they would have had all these different types of uh, ancient scripture uh, to dwell from. And they wrote a retelling of the book of Genesis, which is this, these scriptures. And 20% of it, they talk about these things called archons, right? Who apparently created our physical universe and they equate them to like a god. Um, and they kind of descri- describe them as kind of a malicious god similar to the Old Testament. Um, so apparently there was a lord archon, this demiurge, who created a fake physical material reality as we perceive it. This is what it says in the book. Uh, they also say that these things were inorganic, that they had no creative <coughs> imagination. They envied humans because they weren't actually able to create, create anything from nothing. They could only kind of warp things that already existed. Um, so they could, they were counter mimicry, it's called. So similar to the genie creating illusions, but it also talks in the book about how this idea of simulation, that we're not necessarily living in, a, in the correct thing, but they also describe the world we live in now as a bad copy, um, and they describe the other world as like an Eden avatar kind of world. I'm almost finished this, bear with me. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait to keep it light, Tony, anyway. Uh. Have, but like, that's not really interesting. <laughs> It's interesting, but I don't even know where to begin with you. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. There's, 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 a, there's so many things wrong much? with the trillions. You know, the David, David Icke believes. is yeah. an interesting character because I've seen some stuff on the internet about this. About which? Of David Icke. Yeah. yeah. He often likes to quote quantum physics or what he thinks is quantum physics. <laughs> um, and if you go on any, like, you know, debunking site about physics, the first things will be senses about David Icke. Like, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. It's not looking good, all the, Yeah, all the shapes are thinking stuff. Yeah, so he, he likes to kind of pick random things about physics. He if likes I say interdimensional again. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like when I'm a scientist and I'm watching a movie and they've like, you know, put some physics in that they think is right. And I'm, you know, everyone's just watching. It's like, what oh, look the, at the cool special yeah, effects. I'm like, this is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Martian? The Martian, that wasn't too bad. Oh, if I, I can't, can't remember it very well, but I didn't shout at it too much. Like like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, lots of, lots of things wrong with the reptilians. But I, I think it is, it kind of goes back to the craze again. Like it's a mythology thing. It's how culture has evolved, you know? Sure. And we, we had these gods and stuff, and now that organized religion's you know, declining, we have aliens, and yeah. So you're, saying, <laughs> you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, yeah. But, you know, of course, it sounds because just in case they are our overlords, you know. All hail the overlords. Well, oh, that's, yeah. the thing. that's the thing. By supporting them, we're actually making them weaker because of the negative thing. Um, yes, okay, so be positive. Jago, would you like to uh, maybe some, some nice honorable mentions? Yeah, because so that, that was a bit heavy, so we'll talk about uh, famous aliens Ooh. in media. So, what are these called? Someone say it. Yeah. yeah. Next one. No. Aliens. Yeah. Do hit? I don't remember what you say. Oh, what's called? Uh, Yan Twai. That's what it's called. You made that up. I made it you up. Made yeah. that up. <laughs> I actually forgot what they're called. You had one job, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is Karen Krotos. Uh, Rigilians. Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> and no. you know this guy. Yay. Where's Andrea Free? Uh, what are these called, Andrea? <laughs> Asgodians. So that's the name they made up. And Yoda. There we go. <laughs> and Yoda. It's an easy joke, had to be done, you know. So, so look, that's, that's, that's the, the, the wrap-up of our, of our aliens, proving that aliens have been in contact with us for, of a doubt. for thousands of years. <laughs> and lastly, Sophie, have we convinced you? Here's the thing. <laughs> skip, skip that next slide. No, 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 here's the thing, here's the thing. These might be all a load of bollocks. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not saying there aren't eight, you know, extraterrestrials out there. I'm just saying they're not these ones. You know? Right. You know? No, we've teed this <laughs> up. If no, everyone's saying, not on side with know. Sophie, then we I'm um, just saying the universe is massive. We'd be naive to think there isn't life out there. Oh. Well, there are microbes or bacteria or, so, or like, you know, life as we don't know it. Well, let's talk but, a bit you know, about that. If yeah. we were to go somewhere to try and investigate where there might be life, where do you think we'd go? So there's a few options, right? But mm -hmm. I reckon we should stay close to our, our home, mm -hmm. first of all, because we're, we're kind of like, you know, we haven't adventured too far. Yeah. Um, so you've got a few options. You've got, a, you know, a few planets and moons. Um, everyone's into Mars, but I actually think the interesting uh, place in the solar system to explore is Titan. What do you say? That? Weird. Titan. <laughs> that you should yeah. say. Oh. So Sophie. Very interesting place. Titan, let's talk about that. Why is Titan on the tips of every scientist's tongue right now? Why is it so hot right now? It is the closest <laughs> to primordial Earth. Really, really Ooh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So, Titan has a magnetic field that shields us from all the nasty stuff in space. Um, Titan has an atmosphere like Earth has. You know, it has seas, it has weather systems. Um, it's actually pretty similar to Earth, but also very different to Earth as well. <laughs> 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 but you know, the, the physical characteristics are the closest, uh, it's the closest, physically closest body to Earth in our solar system. And so it's really, really interesting. How long would it take to uh, like, what can we to go right there? Now? It's gonna it's gonna take like the best part of a decade at this rate. Like really, we're pretty okay. slow. Yeah. You know, we've had we we shot some um, some satellites pretty quickly in Cassini. a few years there. And um, yeah, Cassini I think took. Well, that took a while. Like, Cassini. Everybody knows Cassini. It's the best. Uh, time. <laughs> <laughs> Is it's it. going to take us a while, but I think it will be worth it. Brilliant. Definitely. So what, what would we hope to see um, from future things to future expeditions to Titan? Or future We're going to look for life on Titan, I reckon. It's going to nice. be the next thing. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to be life as we know it here. It's going to be uh, 
the boring it's kind. A, it's, well, we're, <laughs> we're water-based, oxygen-based. Titan would be methane-based. Oh, methane-based. Yeah. So, right, let's talk a bit about that, right? <laughs> so, what we... Well, some, something we always do on the podcast is we, we like to get Jago to somehow summarize the, the cryptid that he's, we're about to talk about in a kind of very flirtatious situation. If he was chatting the ear off some, some young one at a, at a, at a discotheque, how we would do it. And we're not going to put you in the same situation, but what we will do is, your, your home place is tight. Yeah, right. Okay? So it's the end of the night, drinks running dry, back to your place. How do you get me and Jago back there? And I hope you don't mind if I do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Titan. <laughs> I think before, you know, to set the mood, have a little bit of adventure, sure. let's go on a bit of a flying lesson, right? Ooh. So let's say so wherever we are in Titan, we can fly home. So I think that's pretty romantic, right? Fly over the seas of yeah. Titan. So Titan's atmosphere is really thick, but it has really low gravity, like the moon. So if you ran as fast as Usain Bolt or something, you would literally lift off if you had wings and you would fly through the atmosphere, right? So I think that's a pretty good date. Yeah. Flying awesome through the date. atmosphere of Titan, over the seas of Titan, so the, the biggest sea is the Kraken Mare. We could have a bit of a picnic by the Kraken Mare. The methane sea now. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> right. And, and it is always basically nighttime. So you don't even have to set the mood. Oh. It's, it's <laughs> always, you know, you don't, you know, it's going to be, you're always going to go to bed. You're always going to feel like it is dark outside because the atmosphere is so thick and it's so far away that it's really, really dark. The brightest it'll ever get is dusk, which is perfect. Oh, perfect. Lovely. Really, really nice. <laughs> and if it starts raining, it won't be, it'll actually be really pretty rain because mm -hmm. it's going to be, it's, it's, it rains hydrocarbons, right? So do you know what hydrocarbons are? Basically fuel, methane, all the anes, methane, ethane, propane. So the atmosphere is nitrogen like the, the, uh, the earth, but it hasn't got the water vapor, it hasn't got the oxygen, instead it has all these uh, hydrogens and methanes. So when it rains, they're going to be big giant droplets, but because the gravity is so slow, to it so low, they're going to be little, like big droplets just coming out the oh. sky, raining really like slowly, and you just see like, like little bubbles in the air. Yeah, oh. super oh, romantic. Christ. So you know, totally sold on yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> now saying that, okay, you're gonna, it, you know, there's no water vapor, there's no oxygen in the air, so you are going to have to be doing all this with a with a with a breathing mask on. So but no, you know, no kissing. No kissing. No. You're just going to have to smack your breathing mask together. Um, <laughs> But click, you don't have big. Click, click, click. But you can hug because you don't have big giant spacesuits because the pressures. Uh, you, you don't need to worry about pressure. What so about that's pretty say good. skin with the atmosphere? Would, yeah. would would our skins be burned from the methane? No, it, I mean the problem with the atmosphere is it's cold. I do you're going to get toasty. You're going to have to layer up because it. it's minus 180 degrees outside. That's cold. So you know you got to get your layers on. So you got to bunk up. up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, nice, nice science diagram. Yeah, Very I impressive. Just, just in case you wanted to use that. Yeah, look, and they've got the particulate rain and the methane and everything. Ah. There's, your, there's your summary, guys. Yeah, these, this is the science <laughs> In part. science. So, uh, yeah, so Titan's in. really interesting. But it is, so, you know, it's a challenge because, you know, they, you don't have the oxygen to breathe, but, you know, you can get that from the liquids that's potentially under the surface and the ice that's on the surface. Um, and yeah, it's a challenge because it's really cold, but you have so much stuff on the surface that you can mine. You can basically create plastics and build your own 
uh, domes and stuff and snuggle under no, the domes. Because it's methane. Methane yeah. is combustible. Yeah. So could that be used to power things? Yep. Oh, we just think of Think of Titan as your petrol station of the solar system. Oh, nice. You know, that's, you know. Texaco. Yeah, pretty oh, sorry, much. Circle K. I reckon if we were starting to do <laughs> interstellar travel, that would be Titans, you know. It would be like, stop, fuel up, yeah. then head off on your adventure. Like, it has, it has all the aims, so you could have loads of, you know, loads of big fuel sources. No, it wouldn't combust on the planet because you don't have oxygen, but that's okay. You can, you can make that out of hydrogen. Yeah. So, Classic. you're sorted. Uh, that's the brilliant. Perfect. I love yeah. Titans. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant, Sophie. <laughs> Well, what we, me and, uh, me and Jago played God, yeah. and we have designed some aliens okay. that we believe could survive on Titan right Ooh. now. And okay. you have to choose out of these two, and probably some audience interaction as well, which is the best. <gasps> the power. So, <laughs> this is uh, just a quick rundown. So, these are the yeah. th so the some of the things we had. Things no. you've got to keep in mind. Yeah, keep in mind. So hydrocarbon lakes, yep. you know, the, obviously that's... Low gravity. We haven't seen these each other, so... All the hydrocarbons. So, right, so, um, Titan, I would like to introduce you to my creature. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. This is the Jago. Love it. As you can see, <laughs> he's got uh, pincer claws that metabolize methane. Meaning that he can breathe methane. <laughs> uh, he's got kind of a, you know, reptilian eyes, little slits to pick up light. And it's so dark. <laughs> big feathery eyelashes to waft away the storms. Um, he's got little, uh, just little leafy nips because I thought that was cute. <laughs> um, and big wings so that he can take advantage of that gravity and just fly through the sky. Uh, and also, given that there, um, it is so difficult to find a mate, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> big, big bum, so it can stand out from other uh, Jagos uh, <laughs> and attract. And uh, just here's a little, uh, a little dance. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's how I dance as well. So that's brilliant. So, how big would this creature be? 20 foot tall. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so what's your. I like the first wings. Comment. I think that's really good. Yeah. I think you've definitely thought about the gravity there in the atmosphere, yeah. so good job. Thank you. Not sure about this pincer business. Um, but, you know, I like the idea, but is that scientifically correct? <laughs> there was no little. There was no different nose in the character. <laughs> but yeah, it's quite cool. Great. Well, well, you know, but I, I, I can, you know, I'm staying reserved because I have to see the second yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate, you know. appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, so Tony went obviously stupid creature. Uh, <laughs> I'll just call myself stupid. That's really I know. Good. Yeah. So I went for apex predator, muscular. Disclaimer: didn't have the budget Tony did to make it 3D. So I did whatever, uh, whatever I had a hand. Introducing Titanus, Ooh. king of Titans. <laughs> so, obviously. The hell is that? <laughs> That's good. You got the wings as I well. Wings. He's got Hit the wings the as well. Would you like to? Um, would you like to walk us through your uh, 
Walk us through your... I think, your, it, I think it speaks for itself, to be totally honest. <laughs> 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 Don't eat it all, Yeah, we'll hit, hit the next one. Okay. <laughs> okay. You can see, Gills takes methane out of the atmosphere, turns it into hydrocarbons so it can breed. It breeds methane. Yep. Retractable fins uh, while it's walking or on land, you know, also flying in a methane. And it's lovely eyes. Um, so basically it has a lot of uh, photoreceptors in it. Because of the low light, it lets a lot more light in. And it also has a clear membrane that protects it from the methane when it enters it. And it has lovely red lips, apparently, as well. So that's a new yeah, thing. That's, that's your attracting attention there. Yeah, yeah, attracting yeah, attention for another exactly. mate. Speaking of reproduction... <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so we think that because uh, obviously there wouldn't be loads of these because they're apex predators, uh, they can change sex. So this is obviously the female of the species. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because of its bright colours, yeah. it's trying to activate. Yeah, makes sense. Thoughts? Why blue? What? <laughs> Why blue? That's yeah. the question you asked. <laughs> um, it's the cheapest paint in the arts. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> It'll Honestly. contrast against the orange sky. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought methane was blue. Your wings, <laughs> your wings are quite small. Do you think you'll get up in the air? Oh, I had one on my wings. back. Or no, it had one on its back. Oh. Uh, but uh, Guinness didn't have a big enough fan. So. Anyway. Where, did, where did you buy the fans in the end, Jacob? I had to go to a sex shop. <laughs> <laughs> Resourcefulness. Yeah. yeah. So you do like, well on Titan. Yes. <laughs> so who... What's the, who's the best person? <laughs> will, we get, will we see what the audience is going to think about this now? Ah, right. uh, here now. Okay, cheer for Tonys. Yes. And <laughs> now cheer for Jagos. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah, that's not what biology is going to say. <laughs> you both, I have to there. say, you both did really well. You got the eye thing going on, you got the wing, so I'm impressed. But, you know, in case there are reptilian overlords out in the audience, we're going to have to go with this yeah. guy. <laughs> also, it took me hours to show it off, so I'm going to... Yeah, the fact, you yeah, know, yeah. that was some effort. That was some effort. Very good. <laughs> so, in a, in a moment, we're going to have, uh, coming in, uh, Dr. Kevin Webster, who's an astrobiologist. Mm. He's going to talk to us, because, look, we've been shite, we've been shite on, right? We've been shite on. <laughs> Uh, we've, been nice about, yeah, we've been talking about. We've been shouting on. Yeah, you know, I'm a physicist here. I'm just moonlighting. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we've been talking about things that probably might well, not, might not exist. But let's talk about more of the kind of you know reality. But we're going to get him on the phone. I don't know if he's ready yet. But um, are we? All right, it'll be. It'll it'll, it'll it'll be a minute. So in the meantime, Titan. Yes. Yeah. What would colonizing Titan look like? You know, um, I read an article about it recently that it would be kind of like what you would do is you would set up, it's kind of like Mars, right? You, you start by going to a mission to, to mine the resources. Mm -hmm. So Titan's quite easy, so you would get some, some of those hydrocarbons for your fuel to get back and forth. You'd start making some plastics. So have you heard of polyethylene? You can make that out of the, the stuff in Titan. Um, and then you start getting your humans over and all that stuff that you, the resources you built up, then you start getting your humans and your little pods and they can pretty much live happily there. The what you, really cool thing about Titan as well is you might think, okay, well you get there, you have some breathing apparatus, what about your food? Mm -hmm. So you could use the, the methane as fertilizer for your plants and your greenhouses, oh. right? Ah. So yeah, cool. some pretty cool things. So you get some greenhouses going, grow some stuff, it'll all be nice fertilized. 
set up colony. What do you think <laughs> of the morality of us essentially going to a planet or a moon that isn't ours and terraforming it for us? I think <laughs> it's, uh, it's a difficult one, right? Yeah. Because uh, that's the fear we've that we've kind of we wrecked radiant. the gaff already, right? Yeah. We've kind of wrecked on our own planet. So what are we going to like when we start we'll really the rest this of the one. service? Yeah, yeah. I promise. I'm there's a, there's Mom's a out the house. There's a cool website called Stuff in Space, and it shows you all the satellites that are in orbit around the Earth, but it also shows you all the rocket debris and all the just basically the, the, the crap that we've left in space, right? And we've left stuff. If you go outside and have a look at the trash map and the Life of the Edges exhibition, we've left a bunch of stuff at the moon, too. So we're basically just like going around littering the place. So can you imagine <laughs> what it would be like mm, yeah. if we started doing that to other planets too? We would be like one of those civilizations that's just like an infestation in movies, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, God, these guys, let's try and get rid of them. There's <laughs> hey, it's on the, <laughs> the civilization. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of moral stuff to talk about, I think, before we start I think, I think I'm getting things. signal that Kev but we can, is... Yay. Kev, can Brilliant. you hear us? Yep, hi. Hey, hey. Kevin. Hey. Everyone say hello to Kevin. Yay! Can't hear you though, because I've got the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, uh, uh, have you been watching? I'm, I'm, I'm so delighted you picked up the phone, because I think you actually have been watching this. <laughs> up to this point. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the Jago. I thought that it was. Uh, Wait, what? <laughs> Me or the, the creature? <laughs> Are you saying that the painted blue one or the one that people didn't realize would represent the Irish colors? I represent Irish colors. Yes! Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> so, Kev, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. You're an uh, astrobiologist uh, dealing with extremophiles. Yeah, that's, that's right. I, I focus on microorganisms on Earth that um, use very different metabolic pathways and live in very uh, different environments than uh, we surface dwellers live on. So I've been working in caves and I've been working on organisms that actually consume methane, so that's what I've been spending my time doing. That's perfect, because Titan <laughs> has got loads of that. You're saying it like he doesn't already know it. <laughs> what a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, so well, so with, with that in mind, given that these kind of organisms can metabolize methane, what, what, what do you think, it doesn't, maybe not a percentage, but what do you think the probability of finding something like that on Titan would be? Well, we, we've got some really interesting data from Titan, and, um, and on, on, on Titan, actually, what we, we think we would see is not organisms that actually would be consuming methane, but actually some organisms that may be producing it. So we see hydrogen, molecular hydrogen, H2, in the atmosphere, and then we also see um, acetylene, and, and these two chemicals have a, have a have a chemical potential between them, just as you know, oxygen in our atmosphere has a chemical potential with you know, um, with wood or hamburgers that we can burn to make energy. <laughs> so you know, as we eat a hamburger, we're 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 burning it effectively, and that's how we're you know getting our carbon and uh, to make our bodies, and it's how we're getting our energy. So it, it's possible that on on Titan that a microorganism could burn hydrogen and acetylene um, to get their carbon and, and produce energy for, their, for themselves, and in the process make methane. So you're saying that even the methane itself could actually be a byproduct of these microorganisms already there? Uh, 
Yeah, the the methane on Titan um, could be a, a byproduct <laughs> of microbial metabolism. Let me okay, stress okay. could. Could, could, fine. Um, uh, so is there any uh, probes or expeditions coming uh, soon that you're like, pretty excited for? Um, to the Saturn system, I, I, I don't know of... Um, of any missions in the works at the at the current time. That's <laughs> that question. Uh, what about the subsurface of Titan? I don't know where I'm looking now. Uh, I don't know. What about the subsurface? Do you think there could be like microorganisms, maybe without a nucleus, down be below the levels? With a nucleus. Without. Well, well, there there may be there may be the potential for um, for a water subsurface on on Titan, and. Um, we we don't know very much about whether or not Titan is geologically active, and, and so if, if Titan if Titan is geologically active and there's a liquid water uh, subsurface like an ocean beneath beneath this um, organic rich atmosphere, um, then then maybe. But but I, I think anywhere on the, anywhere in the solar system with liquid water is a really good place to start because um, our our bodies and Life on Earth—they all require liquid water for their for their chemical reactions to uh, that 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 power us and give us energy. So I'm I'm excited anywhere on, in, in the solar system that has uh, water on on a planet or a moon or anybody. So say with these with these microorganisms that you've seen in uh, in the caves, what can you give us an exa or example to say what that might look like in Titan? Uh, say if it was seven foot tall. <laughs> Just to make it a bit sexier. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> well, there's there's a chance that um, you might have fairly large microorganisms on Titan just to. Uh, Build up uh, because Titan's so cold to facilitate the chemical reactions that that could go on to um, to to power their to power the cells. Um, anyway, I think it would just be more or less a large blof a, a large um, mucilaginous mass and uh, Ooh, with, with some <laughs> some pretty funky breath. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Giant smelly blobs. Yeah. Giant smelly blobs, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, is there is there um, is there anything that because um, you're 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 a man on the ground looking to the stars? Um, <laughs> is there any upcoming is there is there any upcoming uh, expeditions or any Just ideal expeditions that you would love to that you would love to see? Yeah, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of excitement right now around. Uh, well, one, you know, I, I think it'd be great to, if we could go back to Titan, or, you know, if we have plans to go back to Titan to, to, to try to measure some of the atmospheric chemistry in a little better detail, because we're seeing, we're seeing reactions on Titan. We're not just theorizing them, we're actually seeing things that we can't explain in terms of the atmospheric chemistry. And it'd be great just to know what they are. Is it life? Is it, is it some atmospheric process that doesn't happen on Earth? We just, we just don't know. So that'd be really interesting. Mm. And then besides that, um, there, there are two other really sexy places in the solar system to me to look, um, and, and, that, and those are uh, Europa, which is Jupiter's moon, and then Enceladus, which is another moon of Saturn. Interesting. What, what, what do you think we'll find there? 
What would you hope to find there? Well, <laughs> alien fish. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, but you know. Oh, what? but um, but but really, I, I would just I would just be happy if if we could find uh, some some evidence of of microbial life. That I would because at that point we know we'd, we'd no longer be alone. Um, oh, that's cute. They might be a little yeah. difficult to talk to, but I I definitely find it interesting. So um. I was looking up just what it would say like the microorganisms that like are in the caves. So they would be what eukaryotes? Is that right? Or prokaryotes? What's the what's the difference? Uh, um, <laughs> right. So the the so eukaryotic organisms they're actually fairly advanced when we think about well when when I think about life in, in the universe. So they have a very complex cellular machinery. They have this fancy nucleus and um, really. Uh, highly developed um, cellular organelles, cellular structures that, that carry out the, the metabolic processes or regulate the internal conditions of the cell. Um, and, and, and on Earth, we don't see them evolve until about two billion years into, into the history of Earth. So, you know, and it's thought that they have higher metabolic energetic demands, that they're sort of like... Um, like an athlete, if you will, so something that takes in, that requires a lot of energy for it to be able to perform well. You know, um, mean, meanwhile, um, I, I'd expect to see, I, I'd just be happy if we could find a, a prokaryotic life, which they have uh, less complicated cellular structures and um, can, can carry out all sorts of very different metabol metabolic pathways to derive energy, and I think we would on another planet, maybe want to start by looking for something like a prokaryote, mm -hmm. like the simplest bacteria. That'd be brilliant. Uh, <laughs> no, it would. Yeah, it well, look, we have yeah, we, we, we are we are running short on time, so we would like to open up questions to the floor. You've got two gas, well, three three gas three gas people here. <laughs> four yeah. gas. Four gas people here. Jesus. Well, Jesus. okay, um, but you've got two <laughs> scientists and two idiots, so. Uh, I won't say who's who. Uh, so if you'd like to ask, um, if you'd like to ask any questions. There's mics. Oh, I'll go run up and grab the mic. Please. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and it can't even be He's to so scrutinize. <laughs> it can't even be to scrutinize our arguments. If you've been sitting there and you've been thinking, these okay. idiots. Any questions? Hands up. Oh, I've double mic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, questions? There's one right up here. Oh, there you go. Uh, we'll get you next. Do you think that? With all the cattle bothering because cows give off methane, is that shit? Oh! Oh! That's very good. And who was that directed to? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Um, Sophie? Do you think. Um, so we need to live in a base reality where the cattle bothering is <laughs> because of the greys. Uh, and do you think it's because of the methane they're giving off? No. <laughs> Excellent question. Excellent question. Uh, question. Uh, no. More questions? This gentleman here. It's probably like the, you know, the chupacabra or something, uh, et cetera. Oh, <laughs> um, this is directed at the um, person who knows what they're talking about. <laughs> uh, what does the future of Titan look like? So if the, if the future of Earth is the expansion Ooh, of the Ooh, uh, that's such a good question. Sun, and, you know, is the future of Titan going to be yeah. similar to what Earth is 
Tyne is fascinating because of where it is located, right? We're in what's called the Goldilocks zone. You ever heard of that? It's the perfect place for yeah, habitable life. Hot, yeah, it's not too hot and it's not too cold. Right, yeah, and that's because of the sun. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> we're halfway through the sun's life cycle. Okay, so once it, in five billion years' time, around then, the sun will become a red giant, it'll expand when it starts to get older and die out. And when it expands, we're going to burn to a crisp, but stuff further out in the solar system is going to become more habitable. And that's when Titan might actually become way more habitable than it is now, because it might get warmer. Um, so the, the composition of the atmosphere might change. So we think that the atmosphere's Titan's quite, quite primordial, back when maybe the beginnings of Earth was. So if you, if you wait, you know, hang around for five billion years or so, Titan <laughs> might be our next home. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Okay. Good question. Gentlemen up here. Oh, God, for fuck's sake. Uh, yeah, this is actually directed at Jacob. Hey, I'm right here. I'd like to ask what that sort of reptilian-looking tattoo is on your arm. Wait, where? That furry kind of... Oh, that is a Krampus. It's a Bavarian... <laughs> Oh my god. It's a, it's a Bavarian Christmas demon. So, there's that. Someone talking, I don't know, don't ignore them. <laughs> okay, any more questions? You're getting some good exercise. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, five minutes. Who actually hand up? Yeah, Grant. <laughs> What's happening about Area 51? No, I'm actually. <laughs> <laughs> politics mainly. Ooh. I mean, you know, politics and finances and stuff. You know, the space agencies get tiny fractions of countries' budgets and, you know, there's proposal for funding rounds and there's lots of cool science going on and one thing gets picked. So I think there were a few potential Titan missions, um, but I think a Jupiter uh, mission got picked instead. So, you know, you just got to wait your turn and hope money. If in, in an ideal world, like, if scientists were in charge of the budget, we'd have, like, spacecraft everywhere, yeah, looking at loads mm -hmm. of stuff, but there's oh. potentially good reason that we're not. <laughs> I don't know. Kevin, <laughs> questions? Do you, Kevin, do you have... Do you have yeah, Kevin, Ke I guess that would be really interesting. What would you like... Kevin, um, mm. as your ideal mission, if you could just have all the money. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, sorry, the back. Yeah. Well, Kevin, did you hear, did you hear, did you hear that, that question? Uh, yeah, um, I, I think in my ideal mission, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, there's, a, there's a part of me that's very excited about Europa, and so I'd, I'd, mm -hmm. I'd love to be able to send a, a probe and, and several, several different spacecrafts to Europa that could make it through the ice and and then explore the oceans. I just, uh, to me, that just seems so exciting. Yeah, that's brilliant. Jago, you have someone there. Yeah. Um, wouldn't it be more correct to say uh, creatures that survive in Titan would be probably shaped like an octopus to have one percent? Titan has one percent, fourteen percent of of the of the of the Earth's gravity. You have one percent of light, so it might rely on like the back will rely on a sonar or, or a sonar to see us, see things around the place first. Uh, it's just an octopus, an octopus suffers, octopus suffers keep an anchor to the ground. Uh, it appears to be intelligent as humans, but octopuses are actually very intelligent. They can actually find the tanks and um, open open jars, you see. That's what I'm suggesting. I'd like it, therefore, probably would be a little bit of an octopus, probably, because it 
is surface environment might have uh, sitting by sonar or, or sitting attacking uh, by sonar, sonar like sound maybe mm -hmm. or the light but we won't send out the earth atmosphere as a satellite infrared. Yeah, you should have made an octopus. <laughs> no, it's trying to point out without more correct version of life, life on the time you see. Well, I mean, I suppose compared to. We need mushrooms because mushrooms go dark, you see, or something like mushrooms. Yeah. I think I think Jago in blue paint is more realistic, but that's maybe just. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you're completely right. Yeah, it was pretty know, hard right? to paint yeah. eight limbs on myself, so <laughs> I don't think this. No, you're um, you're right. Any more? Oh. Is that on? Great uh, podcast there. Um, I was just wondering. <laughs> Thank do you. Do you reckon because there's so much methane on Titan that the tall greys have a little visit and have a little wee party on Titan? Oh. So they fuel their ships from making. What do you think about that? Well, <laughs> you're, the, you're the you're the Grey's expert, and you know. Well, what about Kevin? What does he think about methane and aliens? Kevin, you've seen Jago's <laughs> talk about the the Grey's. Um, uh, do you think they're they could power their ships in methane? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think if they had something to burn it with, they they could potentially power a ship with methane. Methane is very. Um, it's a very energy dense fuel and uh, you know on earth we use it to heat our homes and so you know if uh, if we could find a way to liquid if you, we could potentially use methane as, as fuel for long distance travel um, you, you know if we could compress it enough and uh, however i think i think for interstellar space travel you might want something like um, you know radioactivity or you know Nuclear power. Hmm. That's a good answer. That's mm. great. Yeah. So I just got scolded. We're a bit over so. time. <laughs> uh, so so uh, we're going to wrap it up. Obviously, thanks, Kev. Thanks, Kev. Thank you, Kev. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sophie. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, wait, and thanks to everyone for coming. Yeah. Hey, 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 someone after me. What does that fuck said you could laugh at me, smack with me? With a Bigfoot dick you could slap with me, blasphemy. You could uh, come at me with a Bigfoot dick, with a Loch Ness Monster, pussy. Wait, bay, sexy beast. This has been a head stuff radio show. Uh, <laughs>